You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus a priority in their families. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Todd Lesher. It's great to be with you all. I'm thrilled to be able to introduce you to our guest, a friend of mine who I work with, Deanna Lee. What's up, Deanna? Thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I work at the Forest Hill Ballantine campus. I work with our hospitality volunteers. I also work with our Quail Hollow Middle School Partnership and our Mission of Hope uh, Partnership and getting some of the folks at Forest Hill mobilized to both of those partners. Right on. Thank Mm -hmm. you for what you do at our church. Well, parents, what I want you all to know or for anyone listening to this podcast, is Deanna is a parent's secret weapon, as we're going to find out over the course of this conversation. I think she's going to bring us a great insight into helping parents and families win. So thank you for joining us for that conversation. But let's start, let's, let's throw it out to left field right now, and let's talk about singleness. So let's start there. Let's talk about singleness and family. And so how do you define family? Um, I define family as, I mean, there's your biological family. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's my parents, it's my brothers, my sister-in-laws now, and their kids, my nieces and nephews, my grandparents. Uh, We're a pretty tight-knit family, so that's what I consider biological family. I have Mm -hmm. some cool aunts and cousins, but we're pretty... um, pretty separated geographically growing up. So my family units, my immediate family. Um, I also think spiritual family, um, as I've gotten into my twenties and thirties, just people in my life who speak into my life, support me, love me. Um, so I also consider, um, a spiritual family Mm. as well. When When I look at some of my friendships and the people that I've built relationships with in church and outside of church. Mm -hmm. That's really great. How do you think singles in general, whether it's you or uh, friends or kind of just uh, kind of the national vibe, mm-hmm. right? How do you think singles view parents nowadays? Okay, so I'm not an expert. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but here, no problem. I think from the different perceptions that I've uh, just listening to friends and some of my own experiences, I think that sometimes singles view parents as um, people who've moved on. Mm-hmm. So they're in a different stage of life. Okay. Um, that they don't have a lot of time, that they're busy. I think sometimes we see when we have close friends who become parents, we see them as selling out. Mm. I've heard that. (laughs) 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 Um, That their life is over, that they know freedom. I think that's definitely depends on your view of marriage, but Mm -hmm. that is definitely a perception is Mm -hmm. that this person just their life is done. And I think some people too look at parents with envy because Mm. they also want to be parents and they're not. And Mm -hmm. so I think sometimes they can um, really kind of sometimes have like an unhealthy envy towards that stage of life. Mm. Yeah, that's helpful. How do you think singles uh, think parents view them? Um... And maybe you want to get personal on this one, too, of what you feel the impression that you get from parents. So start general, and then if you want to get personal. I can get personal. Yeah, there's no shame. Um, So I know that some uh, some people I've spoken with feel that parents look at them as a blank check. 
Hmm. Like they just have a lot of freedom, Mm -hmm. a lot of space to do whatever. Um, I think sometimes uh, there's this perception that parents see themselves as better, that they've achieved Mm. something higher, that they've accomplished something more. Sometimes there's distrust, which I was really surprised at, but sometimes there can be a distrust if you're a single person in the mix of, you know, married people or people who are parents that Mm -hmm. you're there to disrupt things or to bring a bad influence or something like that because we're just over here single living in (laughs) sin, (laughs) which isn't the case. (laughs) Um, I think sometimes there's the perception that we don't have any commitment whatsoever because Mm. we're not in committed relationships. We can't commit to anything. And then also that we're like very selfish Mm. and self-centered. Yeah. And none of it's untrue, but sometimes it's definitely a generalization. Um, And then sometimes for me, some of the perception that I felt just working in ministry and being in the church is that I I really, it kind of breaks my heart when I realize that someone looks at me first as being single Mm -hmm. so that I don't really have everything else that I have to offer. All the other ways that God has created me comes second to Mm -hmm. the fact that I'm single. Yeah. And I probably don't put that much thought into it. Mm. And so it's sometimes it's jarring to realize that somebody else perceives you that way first. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. It's because I actually don't think of myself that much. Sure, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. as that. So Yeah. Well, th- thank you for sharing that personally as well. And here's the thing that I I I want all our listeners to kind of uh, realize is kind of the point behind this podcast is to emphasize that we are the church mm-hmm. and uh, the, and the church consists of people who are married, people who have kids, people who are single, mm-hmm. people who are in and out of those stages, mm-hmm. you know, they were single, they got married, they're divorced and they're mm-hmm. in our church, you know, or they were married, they're not, and they have kids as single parents. And we are the church. So instead of some of these views of one another, how do we bridge the divide, heal the wounds, and discard the we have nothing in common reality? I think it's human nature to have this, the haves and the have nots. Yes. To go one way or the other, that there's no you know, in between. Mm -hmm. And it's unfair when you don't fall it can just be unfair because you're putting people in boxes and you're limiting them. And that shouldn't be the goal of the church. Mm -hmm. We should be lifting each other up. And ultimately we're trying to glorify God um, and grow his kingdom. And we can't do that in boxes. We can't do that in silos. And so I think one of the ways to heal, I mean, I think on a personal level, if we, all those perceptions, I kind of went through, which were not all mine. I just want to mm-hmm. make yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you did a little um, research before you uh, I did. Came I on. asked around. Um, I think one of the things is some of those perceptions are reflective of how a fear we have. Mm-hmm. So if I look at, if I think a parent looks at me as if I don't have what they have and that I'm less than, then I'm probably feeling like I have less than mm-hmm. and that I'm ashamed or something. So first dealing with that. And I think sometimes that's the hardest part is looking at those perceptions and how we perceive people, not just in stage of life like this, but even just people who are different from us in any way and say, why would I have a bias towards that person? Or why would I think this about that person and see where kind of that, um, 
like little bit of brokenness is within us mm-hmm. and ask and really give that to the Lord and ask for forgiveness and work towards that restoration. Yep. And then I think as much as sometimes we say, oh, we just drifted apart. Mm-hmm. When we look at our personal relationships, yeah, I think yeah. if you are honest with yourself, you can probably remember when you stopped returning a phone call mm-hmm. or when they said something that made you not, that made you feel uncomfortable or yeah. it hurt your feelings. And so you stopped reaching out. So you can kind of start seeing where things drifted. And I think it's important to be vulnerable in those moments to really seek to be empathetic Mm -hmm. to how maybe some of your personal relationships, how maybe some other people were feeling. And I think, you know, just like anything, we need to ask for forgiveness and Mm. try to be better friends and stewards of our relationships. Um, I think that's kind of the first step is healing some of those interpersonal relationships that we have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the 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 idea of like losing the label of like less than and better than mm-hmm. or even the uh, kind of um, identity we place on ourselves. Just because I, I'm married doesn't mean I am more blessed than a single, right? Mm-hmm. I, marriage is a blessing mm-hmm. to me, but that does not make me better than mm-hmm. and it doesn't allow me to treat anyone else it less than, right. but I know that can be conveyed. Yeah. And so, you know, I know I need to do my fair share of apologizing, mm-hmm. but apologizing is only proved in the action that is extended towards the individual. Mm-hmm. And so I get that. So for me, that, that would be part of this bridge building is let's drop the labels. You know, if, if you're a follower of Christ, th- those don't, exist. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So how do you want to change the perception of the church body as a whole? I mean, I love what you said about just taking off the labels Mm -hmm. and, um, the church body, you know, we are a group of people who claim to follow Christ. Mm -hmm. And if Christ is, you know, if he's the most forgiving forgiver, Mm -hmm. um, if he, if he cared for the poor and the least and the lost and the hurting and the outcast, we should be setting the bar for those same behaviors because Mm -hmm. we say we are a follower of Christ. And so why wouldn't we seek out the outsider Mm -hmm. more than anyone else? And so I think just that, um, like looking at the, the body of Christ as loving very hard and really embracing people and inviting people into community and families, Mm -hmm. we can't assume that everyone has a strong family unit. So inviting people into that, just that space and that, um, sometimes your dinner table, sometimes it's the movie theater. Um, sometimes it's a life group or a trip to the lake, you know, just like making sure that we're really intentional about inviting people into Mm. our space and that we're not, um, we're not just looking at things as who's like me and I'm going to hang out with that group of people. Yep. And back to your point about empathy, mm-hmm. right? Something that our pastor uh, David says is that empathy is the key to progress. But mm-hmm. within this podcast is like empathy is a secret weapon yeah. here that will actually get us further than we, than we realize, yeah. right? If you can put yourself in someone's shoes and go, oh, then I actually can interact with them normally instead mm-hmm. of be like, this is kind of weird. We don't have anything in common, you know? Yeah. And I think we've underestimated the church body too. Like if you just like look at it, I mean, 
take some time to think outside what the church body could be. Mm-hmm. And, and if we're just doing the same thing we've always done and we're not changing it up, yep. then the church body is going to stay the way it is. So right. why not change it up? Why not be intentional with, you know, taking a label off or um, inviting someone that you don't, you know, taking those risks, like being yeah. a little um, brave yeah. in that way, trusting that this person's going to to honor that relationship too. Mm-hmm. And they're yep. not going to reject you. Right, you right. And, so, and one of the other things that we value as a church is, at least we say we value this, is that we want to be multi-generational and multi-ethnic. You know, and it goes to the ideal of we're better together. But mm-hmm. if you just take a good look around even the city of Charlotte, you know, churches are pretty, you know, separated, you know, in mm-hmm. and, and kind of whether it's... Um, economically or uh, socially, uh, age-wise, or or whatever it may be. But is that making us better? Is our separation into our own little cliques making us better, you know, or like uh, our social status, you know, Mm -hmm. where we are in life? Um, So it's one of those things that I go, why don't we try? Why don't we extend that invitation like like you're talking about or take the first step mm-hmm. in that way. And it, it can feel like a risk, you know, but it, if Christ died for this sort of unity, mm-hmm. then uh, I think we would be uh, pretty, it would be pretty, pretty beneficial to give it a try, even though we may not know what the outcome will be. I definitely agree. So let's shift gears just a little bit and let's, let's kind of, um, be a little more um, expansive and inclusive here. So we've been talking about singles a little bit, so let's keep them on the page. But let's talk about those without kids, Mm -hmm. so married couple without kids, uh, or uh, someone in the stage of life, maybe an empty nester, or Mm -hmm. as some of our our friends say, the perpetual date, right? They're just on a perpetual date night. Yeah, they're not empty nesters anymore. They're just on a perpetual date. that's how to make marriage look good. Yes, yes, it's awesome. (laughs) So how can the people of our church leverage their season of life to help parents and kids win? I think everyone has something to offer. Mm -hmm. And I think that whether it's time or money or sometimes it's just love, um, I think how can you take what you have and give it to others? And I think um, the family unit is an important part of our culture. Mm-hmm. It's important for children. I think we, we know like a strong family unit is, um, is helpful in a child's development. So I think having ownership, everyone having ownership over that. Yep. Marilyn talked a little bit about that in her Mother's Day message about everyone having ownership over the next generation to encourage yes. kids, to encourage parents. And so instead of saying that I don't have anything in common with you because I don't have kids being, oh no, I have ownership over like just the success of the family and how can I pour into that? And, uh, you know, sometimes I know we have, um, you know, an empty nester at our church who a, a mother in her thirties has three kids mm-hmm. and she's intentional. She says, you are my ministry. You've got yeah. your hands full and I want to love you and care for you and help you however I can. Yeah, yeah. And she's intentional with that. And then, you know, we have another woman in her twenties who's single and she's fostering babies mm-hmm. and she's using what she has to pour into this generation. And the more, the more advanced we get from a technology standpoint, um, I mean, just think about over the, like the last 20 or 30 years, you know, 
just information travels faster, people travel yeah. faster. And so the more people pouring into kids and the family, I think it can't hurt. Yeah. Um, and so I think we should want that. We should have ownership yeah. over that. And in Proverbs, it says, it doesn't say parents train up a child. Mm-hmm. It says just train up a child mm-hmm. in the way he mm-hmm. should go. And when he's old, he will not apart from it. And good. so it's yeah. not, and parents can't do it on their own because they're also mm-hmm. having to like support the kid yeah. and feed it and make sure it doesn't die. Yep. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? So having, um, so I think that's important. So with whether you're single or whether you're an empty nester or you're married and you don't have kids, um, or maybe you have kids, but you have time to spare, you know, just yeah. making sure that you're pouring into a family that needs it. And, um, and mentorship is just a huge part. And so speaking, so a lot of my friends have young kids, so mm-hmm. babies and two and three year olds. So it's really important for me that they invite me into their kids' lives to be like a present. Mm-hmm. So whether it's just coming over and having lunch on a Saturday or going to a baseball game, when that kid's 13, 14 and 15, they're going to need adults they can trust yeah. and they can speak and who are going to speak truth and encouragement into their lives. Um, because it's just a lot of hard work yeah. I imagine for parents. Yeah. I want to hit rewind on okay. all that. That was like, that was, it was awesome. <laughs> so it, just to kind of recap that you mentioned that everyone has something to give. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's the starting point of just going, you know, whatever your season of life is, what can you give? You know, mm-hmm. if, we are most like Jesus when we give our lives away. Start there and just go, how can I lighten the load for someone? Or how can I serve someone? Or how can I mentor someone? And then the other part that you said in connection with Marilyn Chadwick's uh, Mother's Day message is we are all responsible for the next generation. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. Especially with the perception of the body of Christ, you know, as the church. That is massive. And if everybody can embrace that, like, I might not be the most direct influence for the next generation. But Mm -hmm. if I can make a contribution to the thriving, to the growth, to the values, to the faith of the next generation, that changes the future. Mm -hmm. And so that is just massive. So if empathy is a parent's secret weapon, mentors are a parent's secret weapon. This is when I was in college, I was in a youth ministry Mm -hmm. and I'm like 20 years old and I'm hanging out with high school students, but I really felt like backup to parents. And if a parent is like freaking out or, you know, frazzled by their child, they would call me up and be like, can you meet with my son? He's driving me crazy and he's not making sense. Can yeah. you just get together? We get together for ice cream and be like, what's the deal? It's like, man, life is just stressing me out. And it, I'm, it's expressing itself this way. Be mm-hmm. like, all right, let's talk it through. And so in that way, I was able to support parents and the child may not have been able to confide in their parents mm-hmm. as they used to when they were a kid. Yeah. And so to your point about mentors can actually strengthen the family. And it did something for me as yeah. an, as an individual, it grew my faith. Mm, yeah. Is that your experience? Yeah. I mean, I, there are, well, it's, I think it's always a privilege when someone, when you're able to just invest in, in yeah. a kid's life and you kind of see that spark and you see that interest, even if the next day, like they're, totally mean to you yeah like if yeah. one day you had them engaged and they were having a conversation I mean I think it's it's uh you get a little bit of glimpse of this this kind of hope of the future where as someone who doesn't have kids I'm not always thinking about the future mm. definitely not like the hope of the future <laughs> like, you don't know, like the kids are the the I don't know what they Whitney say Houston. But, <laughs> the children are our future the yeah, children yeah. Are, I don't think that was Whitney Houston it may have been <laughs> 
We'll fact check that yeah, later. Yeah, we will. <laughs> um, but just having like a little bit of glimpse in that, I think, is sometimes really special. And then, too, sometimes, you know, I've had conversations with, you know, when you're 14, 15, and 16, there's stuff that you're just not going to talk to your parents about. Yep. And it's the difference between you making a good decision and a bad decision. Yep. So I've had a couple conversations with, you know, 15 and 16 year old girls that, I'm glad they said something to somebody, yes. you know what I mean? Yes. So that they, cause it changed a little bit of the trajectory yep. and you know, they made a better decision because they sought out wise counsel mm-hmm. and, but they had someone there to do it. And yep. so, you know, a lot of times traditionally we have coaches, we mm-hmm. have life group leaders or youth pastors yep. or, but to have just people yeah. who it's not their job yep. around and invested, I think, you know, is really important. Yeah. Yeah. It, it ex- expands your reach as a parent, mm-hmm. right? To have a positive Christian influence yeah. alongside of you, yeah. helping your child make wise decisions right. and talk through their issues that they're facing. Yeah. And parents, you need encouragement. Yes. And yes. so you need people around who you who are going to tell you, hey, I know today was hard, but you're a good mom mm-hmm. and you're a good dad. I know your kid just like said, I hate you, yep. but you know, they really don't. Yep. Because we all have bad, weird self-talk mm-hmm. stuff in our head. Yep. So to have someone around you that's also encouraging you and lifting you up is yeah. important. I think that brings well. up a, just another idea or you know component of this is uh, a mentor, is to just use that phrase, can help parents see a little more objectively. Mm-hmm. Because a statement like that oh, can yeah. blind parents. It's yeah. like, oh my goodness, we're failing. Oh, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. No. moment. It's a moment right here. <laughs> yeah. Let's work through this. So um, we can help parents see a little more objectively. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's flip it on the parents. Okay. How can parents help singles win? Um, so how can parents help singles win? So I think, you know, having that empathy, like we've talked about before. Um, so I guess personally, I had a friendship, my best friend, Mm -hmm. uh, when she got married, we had like a very intentional conversation. I have courage and conflict. I'm totally okay with having these weird (laughs) conversations. And I'm just like, you feel weird. Good. (laughs) You know? So it's one of those. So we had this conversation where I was like, so happy that she had met the man she was going to marry. But I was feeling like I was losing someone because now I, she was my someone and now she has a new someone. And so it was, this weird conversation where it's like, it's not that I'm not happy for you, but I'm kind of mourning mm-hmm. something. Yeah, yeah. And so understanding that empathy that sometimes as someone who's single and even someone who's married, who doesn't have children, like every time when someone ne- takes that next milestone. So every time another friend gets married or you see another friend get pregnant and Facebook, goodness gracious, you know, just perpetuates <laughs> all of this. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like just acknowledging that it's discouraging for some people. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that you're intentional with spending time with your friends who are single or who don't have kids to make sure that they still have good, solid relationships and they're not just floating around disconnected. Um, I think that's one important thing. Um, I'm, you know, and our relationships are going to look different. Mm -hmm. So it might be where you're just, like I said, inviting, I mean, one day I walked, I went over to my friend's house, had lunch and watched her husband cut down a tree (laughs) and her two year old (laughs) narrated the whole thing. And that was really good quality time. You know what I mean? And it was kind of just a nice time for us to be together, but it was just, it was in a different environment than maybe when we were both single. Don't forget each other. 
don't forget, forget each about other. each other. We're yep. still relevant. We're still yes. the same people that you loved before. Yes. So don't yes. discard, yep. you know, human beings. And I think, too, imagine, you know, uh, when you got married and you've had kids, you see how your life changes mm-hmm. and right. you un- you understand sacrificial love a little bit differently, unconditional mm-hmm. love. You have you probably think more long term than yep. you did before. So there are things about the family unit that single people are not experiencing mm-hmm. that are healthy. Yeah. And so I just like human growth and development, right. I think right. understanding that in painting a good, healthy picture yeah. of what a family unit looks like, I think is good. Also just helping influence their lives as far as thinking long term, thinking outside of themselves, because mm-hmm. it's very easy to only be worried about what's going on in my life because I'm only responsible for myself. Yeah. You know, I like the idea of mutual learning because, you know, as a married person, I can easily think (laughs) I've got all the knowledge, like, let me teach you, but I have plenty to learn from you Mm -hmm. as well or from someone else in a different season of life. Just because I'm married doesn't mean I have everything figured out and you don't. Right. That's the that's another mentality. None shift. Have it's having, totally. Out. But that seems yeah. just to be kind of the, the mindset. And so, if again, another thing to drop and go, I can learn from anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. No matter their season of life. Right. Well, in prepping for this podcast, a Bible verse kept coming to mind. It's Galatians 328. And it says that there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So the verse is a little confusing, but what I think it means is that we all belong to Mm -hmm. one another. So if you are a follower of Jesus, we are all one with one another. We are one family. We are all loved. We are all responsible for the faith and well-being of everyone. So what is your dream for the church? Like that just gives me pumped, you know, that verse. But just tell me your dream. Yeah, 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 seriously. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think my dream for the church is that we would be good stewards Mm -hmm. of each other's lives. And, you know, we, God created each of us for a purpose. We, he created each of us to desire purpose and he gave us all a unique set of gifts. Mm. He's also put us all in different seasons of life. Like, you know, our lives are gifts from God. So never dismissing someone else's situation or life because it is actually a gift. And so being good stewards of these relationships and honoring people and their lives and not downplaying them in any way, but also more so, you know, I had a friend who made a really good comment. There's some people who just look at the cynicism. So they just look at what's broken Mm -hmm. versus looking at um, something as Jesus. I think he said Jesus made or something or Mm -hmm. Jesus acknowledged or acknowledging Jesus and whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's this idea of saying, okay, this might be different or I might be prone. Like I might, my initial instinct is to judge this as different or bad or worse but no this is a person made by God who is beautifully and wonderfully made and how can I help lift them up yes and how can I point them towards the Lord and I think if we just did that with all of our relationships um I think the church would just be um I mean, when we look at our culture, I think it could be a lot more influential and Mm -hmm. I think for the people who are in the church I think it would just be a better more encouraging place, I think, um, and this idea of living more outwardly too, mm. not outreach, like not like who sure, can I go sure. help, right. but more of like, who can I be vulnerable with and mm. who can I invite into my like sphere of influence into my life, um, to encourage me and who I can encourage yeah. and, um, 
Yeah, I think making sure that we're just tearing down walls and we're being really good encouragers. Yeah, yeah. Our faith needs each other. Yeah. Right. The our health and well-being and thriving in this life needs one another, not just a group or just a person. A group of people who are just gonna like tell you. Yes. Yes. I I went yep. to so, tra- like I went to counseling for like six. Mm-hmm like six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I was just like, I don't I don't know what I'm in this stage of life. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Tell me what I'm supposed to do. And the first question she asked me was, do you want to talk to me or do you want to talk to somebody your own age? Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you kidding me? All I do is talk to people my own age who are in my same stage yeah. of life. Please yeah. <laughs> give me your wisdom or give me your perspective because it's got to be better than what we're kind of yeah. running in circles around. So yeah. this idea of just seeking things that are different Yep. And you and getting different perspectives, I think, is so, yeah. um, so much. I love that, that humility to pen and learn yeah. from each other. Yeah. Deanna, this has been awesome. I cannot wait to share this with our, our families and our church. So give us a final piece of advice or encouragement for the parents and listeners as we wrap it up. I think that um, the final piece of advice is to just be brave and to really find those relationships, we all have them, acknowledge one or two of them, and do some work on restoring those relationships. Um, seek out mentors and just know that if not right now, your kids and your family are going to need lifeboats. Mm. And um, I steal yeah. that from a podcast I listen to, but hey, they're going to need lifeboats. I know. Yep. I like to steal other people's ideas because they're good. Yep. Um, so to we're going to need lifeboats. So go ahead yeah. and just create that environment where you're able to be a lifeboat to somebody else. They're able to be a lifeboat to you and taking away some of that pride that we have and really just, um, just find community and encourage. And I think the biggest thing though, is to seek out some of those broken relationships too and restore them. And if your kids doesn't have a mentor, be intentional Mm. with inviting mentors into your kid's life. Yeah. Awesome. So that was more than one piece. Hey, that's great. We'll lump it all in as one answer. So I'm a verbal process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me say a prayer to wrap it up. Cool. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for Deanna, for her leadership and the way she influences those at our church and in our community. Uh, pray blessing over her, God, and that she would continue to be a blessing to others. God, I, I love some of the the, the uh, illustrations that we've used, some of the, the word pictures that have come to mind, it's like extending that invitation and bringing about lifeboats for our kids. God, I pray that we would be that type of church. Um, even though it feels idealistic, uh, Jesus, you prayed for it. Mm-hmm. And so we, we pray for that end, that, that unity, that strength together, that empathy towards one another, and that we would, we would find that, that strength in in the togetherness and that we would let down our walls and that we would lift up our courage to approach those relationships that we may feel uncomfortable with or feel like we don't have anything in common. And we would put those aside to embrace our unity and our bond in Christ alone. Mm -hmm. So we we offer ourselves to be that type of church. And I pray that uh, our families and the singles of our church and the kids and the students would all embrace that together as one as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Parent on parents, you got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. 
If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest you, visit forresthill.org.